Thus it is that in war, the victorious strategist only seeks battle after victory has been won, whereas he is destined to defeat first fights and afterwards looks for victory. Right. So how much of the time do we see that, where someone jumps into the fray, yep. jumps into the dispute with Jumps both into feet, the project. And then says, okay, now how do we save this? Yep. I just had a conversation today mm -hmm. about this exact thing, that they were, they believed that the project was well set up and now they're losing, just gave up $100,000 and uh, questioning whether or not they want to do any more work mm -hmm. in this situation, right, with this relationship but it was flawed from the start. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a defense, they didn't have a strategy, they didn't have a plan mm -hmm. when they went into it. They just assumed goodwill and that was their whole strategy, was that they will treat me kindly. Mm -hmm. In contracting, that's not how it works. Welcome to The Critical Path with Mary and Jason, a podcast about business development, company culture, and loving the place you work just a little bit more. This is episode 35. 35, here we are. 35, and we are talking about the art of war. So we're literally just reading the art of war then. That's what we're doing here today? No, it's not. Yeah. Oh, you mean Sun Tzu? It's, you can say it's Sun Tzu, you okay. can say it's Sun Tzu. Okay. It doesn't matter which way we say it in a room full of people, someone will always correct us either I like, way. I like it Sun Tzu because it'll happen sooner. Oh, I like that, that's nice. Right, it's efficient. <laughs> so. Housekeeping. We have a little bit of housekeeping to yeah. talk about before we get into what it is we're talking about when we say we're gonna talk about the art of war. Although if you are longtime arcade collaborators, mm -hmm then you will already have some idea what we're talking it's about. It's not co-conspirators? You could be co-conspirators or collaborators. Yeah. Either way, really. Collectors? I don't know. Is that a thing? I don't know. Let's find out. I mean, we don't have like a lot of swag out there for them to collect yet. What? Well, so there's been pint glasses. Yeah, wine glasses. There were the wine glasses. Those were a very limited collector's edition. We only ever had a few of those. The growlers. growlers. Oh, we yeah. had a couple dozen. Uh, growlers. Yep, there were the yeah. growlers books the books yeah, yeah I mean I suppose you could count the books yeah. and then there are like the little mint containers and the sure, pens and sure, sure. all that stuff yeah so anyway but that's all beside the point maybe t-shirts soon 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 zoo <laughs> I'm gonna make all the dad jokes yes there we go you are so last week we missed our episode so if you were paying attention and watching for it, mm -hmm. then all apologies. Yeah, we had to go out of town to visit uh, uh, ailing grandmother. We did, and it was a wonderful visit, but we are really happy to be home. So now we're talking about a couple of things. Uh, first and foremost, we have our, our Jetpack Leadership Cohort, and our deadline for that sign-up and application is September? September 15th. September 15th. So get your, your Jetpack applications in. Mm -hmm. uh, we'd love to see you. And we're, we have lots of interesting folks who are, who are uh, lining up to, to have the conversation. Uh, and then the next piece in. is that we are talking about our war today. And we're going to cut it and get it out there live. Yep, I'm going to be cutting and we're going to be recording this and I'm going to edit it and get it all up on the same day. See, this is live. We're, we're podcasting it's live. It's like live we're podcasting. Live casting. Yeah, so uh, you may not hear this until Friday morning, but I'm planning to record it Thursday afternoon and have it 
live on Thursday because we want to talk to you guys about the upcoming series that we're running with ABC for The Art of War. So our construction series has that same name, The Art of War, and so we picked that very intentionally. But feel free to check out arcadetraining.com if you want to get signed up for that. There's still time, not much. Uh, But next week, September 12, we're running uh, Power of Words, construction-specific technical writing. So this teaches folks how to tune up and bone up their writing skills in construction. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be extra cool because we're running it with ABC, Mm -hmm. Associated Builders and Contractors. And we are going to get to christen their brand-new South Sound office. We'll be running, I think, the first training session that's ever been run in that office. So we're going to be running our, our technical writing course out of Federal Way. And then Project Boot Camp, Parts 1 and 2, September 26, October 10. Those are being held in our office. Here at Arcade. Yeah. And then Perfect Defense Change Management will wrap up the series on October 24th. And so this will teach us best practices of how to leverage our power throughout the course of the contract. Yep. And that's going to be here at our office too. So be sure not to miss those. But what is the art of war? So we named this series, The Art of War, actually the series used to have a terrible name, which was what, like uh, Contracting for Risk Managers. Yeah, it was real catchy. It was very boring. It was, it was appropriate, mm-hmm. but boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we overlaid The Art of War title because we, at some point, read the book, The Art of War, by ancient Chinese philosopher general. I think you just were a philosopher general back then. You just like were born into it. I'm going to be a philosopher general when it's I grow true. up. It's true. You're like it's like one of those role playing games where yeah. you have to like pick the class. And Sunzi was just born a philosopher general. See, was I, just I was told that I was going to be a social worker when I grew up. Sunzi was told that he's going to be a philosopher general. <laughs> he had big hopes for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You get to be a social worker. So he's a philosopher general and. He, if you if you aren't aware of the book, which many many people are, uh, he said a lot about how to win at war. That's relevant in a lot of life, actually. Mm-hmm. And when we read it, we found it to be especially super useful for construction. Mm-hmm. And so we pulled a lot of pieces out of that, and we started to realize that when we were running this very boringly named construction, you know, contracting for risk managers. We were quoting Sun Tzu all the time. And so we thought The Art of War would be a more fun name and a theme to kind of hang it all together. It's definitely sexier. It is. But also super relevant. Yeah. So we thought in this episode, rather than just talk about The Art of War series and tell you all about the training that we offer, we would talk about why The Art of War is relevant to the training that we're talking about. So... One of the first things that Sunzu gets into when you start reading The Art of War, which you can read, you can find it on Google for it's a free. Quick, it's a quick read, but you should take your time with it. Yeah, it's a good one. Is He talks about this idea of these five constant factors. So, so they, they're, they're kind of five immovable pieces. Mm-hmm. So these are the five elements that figure into war, but also very much to contracting. And life. And life. Right. So the five constant factors are moral law, heaven, Earth, commander, and method and discipline. So some of that sounds very much more like ancient Chinese philosophy and less like modern day 
working pieces. Mm -hmm. But as we work through it, you'll see how relevant it all is. So moral law, mor morality, like mm -hmm. doing what's right and what's wrong. Well, but not just so moral law isn't mm -hmm. so much doing what's right and what's wrong mm -hmm. as it is his idea with the moral law was if the people don't feel aligned mm -hmm. in their morals with their ruler, yeah. then he can't win. Right. So if you are representing or leading a group of people who's in opposition mm -hmm. to your morality, whatever it is, you're going to have problems. Mm -hmm. And so how many times when you relate this kind of to the workplace, how many times have you been employed and you feel like you're not on the same page mm -hmm. uh, in terms of morality, in terms of what's right and wrong? You believe something different than the leadership. And anytime that's the case, that, that you're out of alignment in terms of what is right and wrong with the leadership, then you're going to have dissidents. You're going to have uh, defaction. You're going to have people leaving. Uh, defaction, is that a word? I don't know if that's a word. What am I thinking of? People leave. People defection? Defection. 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 <laughs> it's been a long week, yeah. guys. So <laughs> a lot of defection. Where a people, lot of airplanes. Right. <laughs> yeah. Too many airplanes. So, uh, so of course, that's going to be the case. So it's important well, that you you bind your, your force together, you bind your team together, mm -hmm. and take the time to make sure that everybody's in alignment. And even if people aren't leaving, people are just less effective. We hear so much of the time from people that they feel like they're not really that aligned, mm -hmm. like they aren't moving in the same direction, like they aren't coming from the same place yep. with the company where they work. So this moral law element, it's really important that the people who work for you, so I guess that's why I say it's not just right and wrong, mm -hmm. because absolutely if you do things and your people think those things are wrong, absolutely that's a problem. But there can be a lot of shades of gray in this. There can be two companies and neither one is doing anything that's wrong, but one person could fit much better morally mm -hmm. at one than the other. Yeah, it's moral alignment. It's moral alignment. So that's Take moral that, Sun Tzu. <laughs> yeah. So the second factor is heaven. So, so we're talking about like, like Bible stuff. <laughs> we are not. Okay. So Sun Tzu refers to heaven as night and day, cold and heat, times and seasons. Mm -hmm. So when, the, when he's talking about war, what he's talking about is the elements of heaven are, is it nighttime or is it the daytime when a battle happens? Is it snowing outside? Is it hot outside? It's um, kind of nature element. This is the nature element. Mm -hmm. And really what this comes back to is these are the elements of battle that you don't have any control over. Mm -hmm. Because you could choose to attack during the day, but ultimately if someone attacks you in the nighttime, then it is the nighttime. Yeah, and, and it's nighttime for them also. Mm -hmm. And as a good general, there's nothing you can do to control whether it is daytime or whether it is nighttime. These are acts of God and acts of terrorism. These mm -hmm. are things that are, that are bigger than us. So we've talked a lot before about the discussion between luck and strategy. Mm -hmm. So heaven elements are elements of luck. They're elements of environment. They're evident, they're elements that the general or the leader of mm -hmm. the company doesn't have any control over. They're not man-made. We have to work around these elements. Yes. So next, he has Earth. So Earth, he says, is distances, great and small, danger and security, open ground and narrow passes. Mm -hmm. This is the strategy element. These are the pieces that are man-made. These are the pieces we have control over. And in fact, as we worked through the art of war in a lot of places, when he talked about Earth, uh, really what we felt like that that is analogous to is the contract mm -hmm. on a construction project. Yeah. So when you're selecting the battlefield or you're selecting your loadout or your arsenal, when you're selecting 
uh, the tools that you're going to use or the paths that you're going to go through. Mm -hmm. You have some control and some decision over that, that mm -hmm. you, you are laying the groundwork for where we're going to play the contracting game. Mm -hmm. So if you choose poor ground, then you are stuck with that, mm -hmm. just the same as if you choose a poor set of uh, rules when you get into your game, you're stuck with those. Yep, and it's common for subcontractors to get into contracts that they don't understand. Absolutely. That they didn't take the time to get the lay of the land and understand what the implications are. Uh, 10 months on into the project. It's too late. Or they thought that was a heaven element. Mm -hmm. They thought that the contract yeah. was just part of what came down from on high yeah. and that was what they had to work with. They didn't have the ability to influence it when Absolutely. in fact we oftentimes do and we go through that in detail in, in our change management class. So in terms of that, that earth element, that strategy element, uh, I wanted to zoom in a little closer to the section from The Art of War on what Sunzu calls tactical dispositions. So this is really the heart. You will hear us say this over and over and over again in the Art of War series. This is the heart of what we are getting at with our construction training. So he says, a clever fighter wins his battles by making no mistakes. Making no mistakes is what establishes the certainty of victory, for it means conquering an enemy that is already defeated. So if you conduct yourself and you plan well and you make no mistakes, all you're doing is waiting for your opponent to make a mistake. If you put yourself into a defensible position, mm -hmm. to a position that you know that you have the high ground, you know that you're standing on solid ground, then you are now, you now have a perfect defense. Mm -hmm. And with the perfect defense, that war is already won. Mm -hmm. The battle's already won. So he says, the skillful fighter puts himself into a position which makes defeat impossible and does not miss the moment for defeating the enemy mm -hmm. because those are two pieces, yeah. right? On the one hand, your defense element is making sure you know you are all put together. Mm -hmm. You are not vulnerable in any place. Yeah. However, the other piece of this is when the other side should have an opening, you need to make sure you capitalize on that opening at that moment, mm -hmm. not later, not down the road. Mm -hmm. You can miss that window. You can always capitalize on that moment, capitalize on that opening, and later decide, you know what, I'm not gonna make you pay for this. You know what, mm -hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and be a good guy and let this go. But if you don't capitalize on that moment when it comes, yep. you can't go back later and to, change your mind about you that. You have to seek the moment, or secure the moment mm -hmm. and and document and capture that point you have to capture that point get it on the board and if mm -hmm. at the end of the day you want to give that point back you can do it but mm -hmm. I'd much rather be in the position of power in that situation absolutely uh, and you're not unreasonably taking care of people but or taking advantage of people but the important part here in contracting is that you are not being taken advantage of absolutely with that perfect defense you are impenetrable and you will profit and so one of the, the stories that we share in training is that in my projects, I've never finished a job late and I've never, uh, I've never finished a job, I've never lost money on a job. And it's not by accident and it's not because I'm so amazing, it's because I'm clever, it's because I'm careful, it's because I'm calculating. And I make sure that, that if there are points on the board to be gained, I'm gonna secure those points and then we can arm wrestle after. 
but I'm going to hold most of the points in that interaction. And that's really what this training series is about, is teaching step by step the methods for building that perfect defense. And this is in the case of being subcontractor, general contractor, or owner's representative. I've done all of those. And so when you have good outcomes, it's not luck. You shouldn't be counting on luck. You should be counting on strategy, which is what we're talking about here in terms of tactical disposition. Yep, absolutely. So then the final quote we have from that section of The Art of War is, thus it is that in war, the victorious strategist only seeks battle after victory has been won, whereas he is destined to defeat first fights and afterwards looks for victory. Right. So how much of the time do we see that, where someone jumps into the fray, yep. jumps into the dispute with jumps both feet, jumps into the project, and then says, okay, now how do we save this? Yep. I just had a conversation today mm-hmm. about this exact thing, that they were, they believed that the project was well set up, and now they're losing, just gave up $100,000, and uh, questioning whether or not they want to do any more work mm-hmm. in this situation, right, with this relationship but it was flawed from the start. Mm -hmm. They didn't have a defense, they didn't have a strategy, they didn't have a plan Mm -hmm. when they went into it. They just assumed goodwill and that was their whole strategy, was that they will treat me kindly. Mm -hmm. In contracting, that's not how it works. We have the honeymoon phase in the beginning, but guess what? We run out of honeymoon pretty shortly when the money starts getting tight. But the great thing about a perfect defense is you can be perfectly defended Mm And if they do treat you kindly, and if they are nice, you don't ever have to call on that defense. It being there doesn't do anything to create any negativity in that relationship. Yeah, this is sort of like the the mutually assured destruction. Mm -hmm. Like if you have nuclear missiles behind you, we don't want to have to use those, Mm -hmm. but they're there just in case, right? Absolutely. I will not be taken advantage of. So then the next element is commander. So going back to our five elements, Mm -hmm. our moral law, Mm -hmm. heaven, Mm -hmm. earth, and then we have commander. Mm -hmm. So the commander is the leader. This is, the idea is in war and also in a company, in any company, not just a construction company, the leader is a super vital element of success or defeat. So that, that company of people that's what it is, a company of people, mm-hmm. whether it's military or business. Yep. If you have a weak leader or someone who's lacking in leadership and they're missing these qualities, then your company will crumble. Yep, absolutely. Right? They will defect, they will leave, and we're going to talk about all those, those different parts and pieces. So Sun Tzu says that the properties of the leader are wisdom, sincerity, benevolence, courage, and strictness. So then he goes on, more interestingly, I think, to list six ways of courting defeat that are caused by the general. So what does courting mean? Courting? Yeah. You're you're asking for it. Yeah. You're looking for it. You're dying for it. You're dying for it. So courting is like what what they used to, uh, you would used to court uh, a young lady when you're looking for her hand in marriage, right? Mm -hmm. You're seeking it. You're, you're. Buying flowers and and dates and dancing and you're you're looking for this this outcome. So six ways of courting defeat. These are six ways you can go about doing things that are are bound to end in defeat. Mm-hmm. So this is Caused interesting by the general because in the art of war before this he actually goes into 
uh, in the same way that we kind of have heaven and then earth, he goes into ways that you can find yourself defeated mm -hmm. that are not caused by the general. Like right. if you try, if you end up in battle in a swamp, yeah. like Guess it what? just doesn't look good for you. <laughs> <laughs> but these are these are the the controllable by the general, which is why these are what we're focusing on in the podcast. In fact. There's an outline with so many awesome things from the art of war that I had to narrow down. We can't talk about all of it in the podcast because this would be like a four-hour podcast. Strap but in, guys. Actually, I'm really thinking about uh, maybe putting out another arcade book where mm -hmm. we talk more about all of these all these different factors because there's so much that's interesting we could apply. Yeah. So six ways of courting defeat that are caused by the general because instead of talking about being a good leader, which is what our jetpack leadership cohort is yep, all about. Absolutely. We're going to talk about bad leaders because I think everyone can recognize that. And it's fun, you know? It is fun, you know? <laughs> bad leaders are fun. So the first one is flight. If your force is hurled against another force 10 times its size, the result will be flight. If you put your people in a situation where they can't do what they set out to do. They can't win. They're going to be crushed. Mm -hmm. Then they will run away. Mm -hmm. And what that looks like back in the day for Sun Tzu was people just literally running off the battlefield. Right. But what that looks like today is people leaving your company and yeah. going to work for your competitors. Yeah. They'll go somewhere else where they can have a more likely outcome that's good. Mm -hmm. And I think all of us are familiar with that situation where mm -hmm. we're put in a place and we're asked to do a thing and we're not given what we need to do it. And it's it's literally not possible for us to do what our company is asking us to do. The people in the ivory tower just don't understand. Mm -hmm. They don't give me the resources I need to be successful. And they have unreasonable expectations. Mm -hmm. They just don't listen. They don't get it. You throw me out of force 10 times the size That's of right. the force yeah. that I am a part of. Not prepared. So the second way of courting defeat is insubordination. When the soldiers are too strong and their officers too weak, the result is insubordination. So we, we have a theory or concept or thought that is, as a leader, you can only lead those who are your level or weaker. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you have a weak leader and strong folks at the bottom, mm -hmm. either they will roll over the leader mm -hmm. or they will leave. Yep. It's self-leveling. So when you have a leader that's not strong enough to harness and to channel the, the soldiers, the, the members of the team, mm -hmm. then you have the same outcome. Yep. Right. You have insubordination. You have defection. Mm -hmm. uh, you have rioting. Yep. So you have basically a team that doesn't do what their leader tells them to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, don't don't listen to them. We just nod our heads, yep. and then when they leave, we'll we just ignore do what we him. want. Yeah. We just ignore him. Yeah, we do it our way. Mm -hmm. um, the third is collapse. So this is the reverse. When the officers are too strong and the soldiers too weak, the result is collapse. So this is just breaking your team. Yeah. When we have one, or or I think too, if you have leaders mm -hmm. who have the capability to be really effective and you give them teams that are not prepared and not not able to do the job, mm -hmm. then regardless of how that works, ultimately you have a breakdown that happens at that point because yeah. the teams have to be capable as well as the leaders. Mm -hmm. Then we have ruin. We see this one actually a bit. A lot. When the officers are angry and insubordinate and on meeting the enemy, give battle on their own account 
from a feeling of resentment before the commander can tell whether or no he is in a position to fight. The result is ruin. So, so what does that look like? This is when we have maybe a... Well, so you can tell me kind of what the position looks like mm-hmm. within the company. So a project manager. You have a project manager mm-hmm. who decides he's going to go to bat and mm-hmm. fight with the GC about mm-hmm. something mm-hmm. before he really goes back and determines whether or not we have a leg to stand Is on. Is this a good fight? We have a, a teleconference here shortly today where we're vetting that exact conversation. Mm-hmm. Prior to just launching into the fight with the customer, mm-hmm. our client, uh, we're, we're doing the homework with our client to verify what is the state of our position? Do we have a strong position or a weak position? Mm-hmm. Because if we have a weak position, that's gonna change whether or not we go to bat. Mm-hmm. That's gonna change how we, we have that conversation. And if we don't get that reconnaissance and just dive right into it, mm-hmm. ruin. Absolutely, right? ruin. ruin. That's what happens. Yeah. Here's another one we see a lot. Disorganization. When the general is weak and without authority, when his orders are not clear and distinct, when there are no fixed duties assigned to officers and men, and the ranks are formed in a slovenly and haphazard manner, the result is utter disorganization. So this is the courting disaster, right? Mm-hmm. This courting is the, defeat. The fifth, the fifth way of courting mm-hmm. defeat is disorganization. So this is basically lack of organization, lack of discipline, mm-hmm. uh, lack of clear communication. This is when we don't have job descriptions, mm-hmm. we don't have an organizational chart, mm-hmm. no one knows who's in charge. What is success on our project? Mm-hmm. Are we just working hard and doing a good job, whatever that means? Yep. Or are we tracking a, a gross margin of 35% with, uh, with this many RFIs and this many change proposals and this many dollars uh, added to the contract? What, yep. is, what are the metrics for success? Yep. So we see that one all the time. Mm-hmm. And finally, route. When a general, unable to... So this is like like that mapping software? Route? <laughs> like like Google Maps or something? Routes? No, no this is no. route. This is route. Like when a, an army is routed on the battlefield. What is it's routed? Defeat. It's, it's utter defeat. Right. Routed is like turned around and kicked back home, right? They're ended. Mm, yeah, they're ended. Yeah. I don't know that they're kicked back home. Right. I feel like they well, usually they, don't get off the battlefield when they're routed. <laughs> my experience with route is that you basically defeat a lot of them, and then what's left is is fled, right? They take off. Well, so let's see. Let's look go. at the definition Real of time. Route. We're doing live Real podcasting time. today. What is it? The definition of route. Mm, okay, a disorderly retreat of yeah. defeated troops. There you go. I win. I win. <laughs> I win. Right. So route. So when you're unable to estimate the enemy's strength, allows an inferior force to engage a larger one, hur- hurls a weak detachment against a powerful one, and neglects to place picked soldiers in the front rank, the result must be route. So it's kind of a, a conglomeration of, of a number of those pieces, right? Mm-hmm. That that you are setting them up for failure. Mm-hmm. You're not strategizing who needs to go where carefully enough, uh, and you are they're outmatched, they're outgunned. Absolutely. So route is they'll be defeated and they'll scatter. Mm-hmm. So then to just recap, the six ways of courting defeat are flight, insubordination 
collapse, ruin, disorganization, and rout. Yeah, think about your last three projects. What happened on those? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. And then the last piece is so the last piece of our five mm-hmm. factors. We have we kind of have some nesting. He's kind of the original consultant, yeah. He was like the original BuzzFeed, Ooh. you know, like with the list of like ten yeah. things you should know about like your mom, right? Two, two hot tips. <laughs> He's got all these lists of things. So backing up to the five constant factors, which are the moral law, mm-hmm. which is feeling like we are morally aligned, heaven, which is sort of natural factors and earth, which are sort of man-made factors, the commander, the leader, which we just finished talking about, and finally, kind of our favorite and mm-hmm. the place where, well, we spend a bit of time with commanders mm-hmm. at Arcade, yeah. but also method and discipline, which is process. Right. This is your process. Um, so in terms of the art of war, he said, maintenance of roads for supplies, controlling of your military funds, training of your soldiers. Mm-hmm. And so his list of the natural order of process and method was what we have firstly measurement, which owes its existence to earth. Yeah, metrics. This is metrics, Mm -hmm. which owes its existence back to the contract. Mm -hmm. Secondly, estimation of quantity. Mm -hmm. Thirdly, calculation. So we measure, we estimate what it should be. We do the math. Fourthly, balancing of chances, yeah. go or no go, yeah. is this good, is this bad? Fifthly, victory. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think part of why I included that is because even though it does just kind of feel like a common sense piece, that is what we do and what we've been doing mm-hmm. since before we read The Art of War. Right. And hundreds, maybe thousands of years ago, yeah. this guy was saying the same thing. Yeah. Well, and it's not rocket science. It's soap bubble but theory. We, we cover a lot of this information in boot camp where we're teaching people how to create metrics and how to determine whether or not we're on track mm-hmm. and are, do we have enough money to make it mm-hmm. if there are problems where are the problems coming from mm-hmm. and do we have the ability and the strategy to collect what we're owed or not uh, we should not just be relying on luck to win the victory because yep. if we count on luck to win the victory it's a roll of the dice yep. that's it absolutely So finally, once we've kind of thought about those are the five things that he says generals should meditate on and think about and spend their time planning around. And then he goes on to list another BuzzFeed list of five, Mm -hmm. which is an actually hashtag Soon Zoo on BuzzFeed is the jetpack for this episode. Soon Zoo on BuzzFeed. What's he saying on there? (laughs) I want to see that. Yeah. So then he listed the five essentials for victory. So these are the five rules. If you master these five things, you will have victory. So do these apply to contracting? They absolutely do. Well, let's find out. They absolutely do. Okay. So one, he will win. Who knows when to fight and when not to fight? Mm. It seems pretty pretty basic. That one is pretty basic. So if you just go around fighting everybody mm-hmm. or if you go around fighting no one. Yep. Right. Then you it's, don't win. It's all about the, the knowing when to fight and which fights you want to get into. Yep. Right? Which ones really matter. Pick your battles. Absolutely. Two, he will win who knows how to handle both superior and inferior forces. Mm-hmm. So we can't have the same set of rules yep. when we're going up against, say, a big giant GC yep. versus some subcontractor who's much smaller than we are. Mom and pop. 
we need to understand that there are different rules of engagement mm-hmm. in both of those situations and how to apply them accordingly. Well, and I think even when you get into contract law, the state uh, law system pays attention to that, mm-hmm. right? They treat smaller companies a little bit differently than they treat uh, corporate conglomerate companies. Well, but even going back to, you know, obviously, you know, that if you're going against a superior force, mm-hmm. you need to really understand what you're doing yep. because Be they're a superior careful. force. Yep. But I can remember when we were first learning a lot more about the big contracting game and you came home and we're talking about a situation going on and I said, well, can't you go after them for that? And you said, well, sure. But if I put them out of business, then the job doesn't get finished yep. and everybody loses. Yep. Not only did they lose their business, I my project got screwed, yep. everything went terribly. So instead, I'm gonna do what I have to do to keep them together, help them along, and right. it's a good thing to do, but it's also the necessary thing mm-hmm. for your project. Yep. So. That's not a consideration you would have for a company that wasn't at risk of going under, Mm -hmm. but that is a thing you need to be very aware of if you want that victory of having your project be successful. And you need to know how to fight Goliath if you're David Mm -hmm. and how to fight David if you're Goliath. Absolutely. Right, because the strategies are different. It's different. And you need to be able to be good at recognizing which of those scenarios you're in. Mm -hmm. Three. He will win whose army is animated by the same spirit throughout all its ranks. Oof. Yeah, so that goes back to like the first item. Absolutely. That is the the moral law. Moral law. So Mm -hmm. he who has moral law Mm -hmm. in alignment throughout your whole force Mm -hmm. will win. When you have the same morale throughout Mm -hmm. your whole force where the guys at the bottom of the totem pole are feeling just as in alignment and just as motivated and just as ready to, to get out there and win yeah. as everyone else all the way up the chain, mm-hmm. that's how you win. This is like the tennis ball game that we play in boot camp. Or like Braveheart. Right? If you watch Braveheart, right? You have, you have, Jason loves Braveheart. You have all of the, the peasants and like lowly lords and, and field folks. And mm-hmm. they're they're out there fighting for their freedom and f- to, to not be a part of Prima Nocta. And they, mm-hmm. they're fighting for their, their lives. And then on the other side, and you like have, They don't know how problematic Mel Gibson is, you know? <laughs> they don't know any of that. None of us did at that point. <laughs> so good. And then... Uh, and then on the other side of that battle, you had a bunch of high lords, highborn, who who they didn't really know why they were out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't know what they were fighting for, and they don't want to fight somebody else's war. Mm-hmm. And if you can align your teams, and that's why it's so important that you team build, if you've never worked with this team before, mm-hmm. uh, that you invest in developing that alignment, uh, alignment from the top to the bottom of the company. Yep. So that when you get into conflict, when you get into the projects, You are one force. You move as one, you act as one, you choose as one. Absolutely. So four, he will win who prepared himself waits to take the enemy unprepared. Right. So this is perfect defense. This is being prepared. We have a strategy for when these things go wrong on the job, what is our reaction? And that reaction should be canned 90% 90% of the time. Mm-hmm. We should know exactly what we are going to do. We anticipate these things are going to go wrong on the job. When these things go wrong on the job, we have these reactions all ready to go and our team already knows about it. Mm-hmm. And so I was talking today uh, in a coaching session about this topic where we say, um, and, and not to go dark here, but things like active shooter preparation, mm-hmm. right? If, if you are in an active shooter situation and you haven't prepared, mm-hmm. you haven't, you haven't, 
rolled out the see something, say something, you haven't done the drills in terms of understanding what we do in that situation, yeah. you're sitting ducks. Mm -hmm. Whereas when you have a reaction that's planned mm -hmm. and everybody calmly executes that and we know what the plan is and we know what we're supposed to do, we operate as one, our likelihood of, of a good outcome is much higher. Yeah, absolutely. And it should be no different on a construction project. So when we go into this project, these things are our risks. We've identified our responses to those, shared it with the team, practiced, and then when it happens, we are prepared. Yep, absolutely. He will win who has military capacity and is not interfered with by the sovereign. Ooh. So from a construction Ooh, what's the sovereign? <laughs> so from a construction standpoint, this is gonna come back to the military capacity is who's good at the job. Mm -hmm. If your team, they, your leaders on your teams, your project managers should be good at the job. And if, let's say, the owner of the company as the sovereign doesn't interfere. So this is another thing we've seen mm -hmm. all the time. All the time. Is where the at the very top of the company, they want to come in and they want to just pull a few switches. They want to just come in and just tweak things Poke and around. make things the way they want them. Yep. And we interfere with our teams and we end up making them less effective. Well, and then they, they can walk away from mm -hmm. the project and then the project managers are left to run the projects. Mm -hmm. And then they are continually receiving these little bits of interference mm -hmm. that really works against the grain of their workflow, mm -hmm. takes away confidence. Uh, and then the, the project managers can be um, hesitant to make decisions mm -hmm. when it's time to make decisions. Yep. So Sunzu talks a lot about the fact that the sovereign's job is to administer the kingdom. Mm -hmm. And administering the kingdom is the a company. really different job yeah. than to run a war. Yeah. So it's the sovereign's job to pick a general that he can trust and then support his general. Yeah. Not to get in and interfere and try, you know, one of the things he talks about is that the quickest way for a war to go sideways is for a sovereign to try to administer the war mm -hmm. the way that he administers his kingdom because those require different skills. Different sets. animals. The different yeah, so things. Peacetime is different than wartime. Mm -hmm. And in the same way, running a company and running a project are actually not the same thing. Mm -hmm. Well, and we see that on the, the in the opposite situation quite often where you have small companies that start up from nothing. Mm -hmm. And these are people who know how to win individual wars, mm -hmm. but they don't know how to be a sovereign. They don't know mm -hmm. how to run the company. Yeah. And so we see some dissonance there and we provide a lot of support in terms of helping them train someone or prepare someone to run the country, to mm -hmm. run the company. Yeah. And we need to acknowledge that when that transition happens, we still need a separate head, a separate brain mm -hmm. to administer our mm -hmm. battles. So you can be a general and a king. Mm -hmm. You can be a king and go out and fight and take your horse out into battle mm -hmm. and run the battle. What you can't do is send a general out into the field mm -hmm. and interfere. Yeah. So the kind of final quote here is he says, if you know the enemy and know yourself, you need not fear the result of a hundred battles. If you know yourself, but not the enemy, for every victory gained, you will also suffer a defeat. So 50-50. If you know neither the enemy nor yourself, you will succumb in every battle. Right. So 0%. You will win zero at 
except maybe a couple from luck, right? Mm -hmm. But he's trying to, to make an impact here to say if you know yourself and you know your opponent, mm -hmm. then you will win, period. Yep. Absolutely. If you know yourself but not who you're playing against, mm -hmm. which is the case many times, yep. uh, we see that a lot, that every victory you, you gain, you're going to lose, yep. right? You're yep. going to win one, you're going to lose one. Yep. This project fell our way, it didn't fall our way. Mm -hmm. And then the last piece is if you don't know yourself and you don't know your team and you don't know your strengths and weaknesses and you don't know your opponent, good luck. Yep. Right? You're not going to be here for, for a long time. You will succumb in every battle. Mm -hmm. so, so, a lot of wisdom there. Yeah. And you could probably do an episode and for each one of those quotes but uh, not, to, not to dwell on it. So what was our jetpack? Sunzu on BuzzFeed. Okay, Sunzu on BuzzFeed. <laughs> like 10 cool tricks. To win every war. Yeah, there you go. Well, and it's hard as I'm doing this, as I'm going through, and again, I'm kind of starting to think already about how this might turn into a book. Yep. And there's all this stuff about like, what happens if you have the high ground or if you're fighting in the river? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, that stuff is all really cool. I don't know exactly how that applies to contracting, but I feel like we could make oh, it Oh, I could apply. totally make that happen. Totally make that happen. So that, so watch for that. Yeah, maybe we'll, watch for it. Maybe we'll put a little time into that and see if we can't put that together. Yeah. So we have uh, Art of War coming up open to the public. Just make sure that uh, you guys don't miss out in the case that you want to get in. Yep, and sign up quick. Learn, it's coming up. Learn some of these lessons that we're talking about here, but they're... they're uh, dynamic and active mm -hmm. workshops that we put folks through. We're teaching people how to write better and use the power of words uh, much more accurately. So it's called the power of words. Mm -hmm. Construction writing. Mm -hmm. And then we have project boot camp. So we're talking about the best practices of running construction projects from start to finish. And so we include field and office and everybody who touches the project. Get everybody together so we can get the same spirit throughout yes. the ranks, yeah, right? The, the, the <laughs> moral alignment. Mm -hmm. And then the last piece that we're running is perfect defense change management. So mm -hmm. we're teaching you how to create a perfect defense for your, your uh, warfare, for your projects, just to make sure that you can't get taken advantage of. So this kicks off September 12th, a week from today. So yep. hopefully we'll get this episode up here in a GIF. Uh, I don't think we're going to have many edits. Nope. should be pretty easy. But we don't have a lot of outtakes. Oh, we though. will. Don't worry. We're working <laughs> we got to get to that part. Yeah. Uh, and then Jetpack Cohort. Uh, we have our Jetpack Leadership Cohort running. And uh, we're taking applications now. So get your application in by no later than September 15. 15. Get it over to us. Let us know if you have any questions. We would love to meet you. Even if you're not sure that you can manage, if your company's not going to give you any money mm -hmm. and you're not sure you can manage it, whatever it is you can cover, put in an application. Mm -hmm. There's a, a section on the application for financial aid. Put in what you think you can cover and what you can do and we'll take that into account yeah because we really want to get a good group we're really much more interested in getting people who are passionate and interested and uh, want to learn mm -hmm. having the right people on board is much more important absolutely yeah so what else I think that covers it you can find us we do have a bunch of blank t-shirts oh yeah and we got almost for free in Indiana yeah, yeah. <laughs> and on our family trip to Indiana we found extremely cheap t-shirts they sell t-shirts for free there 
Basically, yeah. They were, what, $4 a piece? Yeah, $4. Super good deal. Yeah. So now that we have all these t-shirts, we got to figure out what to do with them. Oh, I don't know. So we're I really wonder. excited. Well, I know what we're going to do with them, <laughs> but we got to figure out how we're going to do that rather than we had been going with the let's talk to a company and just mm-hmm. tell them to make us shirts. Now we're looking at making shirts ourselves. Okay. So, so where were we? So we're thinking about making t-shirts. the t-shirts yep. with our own hands which oh, yeah. involves cool like heat presses you could have like a t-shirt making party that'd be oh, fun oh that would be really fun right yeah i'm full of good ideas so we're looking at different uh, vinyl cutters that yeah. my we when we were in indiana seeing my mom she has this thing called a cricket so if you know it's anything not, about it's not the field game no, no, no. But we did play croquet. We did play for the croquet. first time recently. Yeah. But that's a different story. Yeah. So the cricket and it's a like a vinyl cutting machine and it cuts all kinds of stuff. So if the re- there's a reason for talking about this, if you know anything about vinyl cutters or cricket or heat press or any of that, get a hold of us because we're trying to figure all of it out now and we know nothing. We are resident amateurs. We're resident amateurs. Yes. So love it. Okay. So. So I think that's it. Oh, but also, of course, stay on us and look for your T-shirt soon, so, especially so, if you're Jared, because Jared has definitely got a T-shirt coming. So much. So uh, go to arcadetraining.com. Check out our upcoming uh, Art of War training dates beginning a week from today. And jetpackcohort.com to put in your application for the Jetpack Leadership Cohort. Yeah. And let us know if you need a partial scholarship. We're happy to, to put that in. Please do. You can find us at www.thecriticalpathwithmaryanjason.com. You can find us on how to get stuff done. I don't think so. No? That's not a thing. Okay. Want to? Yes. <laughs> no, I Always. don't find any more domains. More domains. Although I just realized, well, yeah, that's a whole separate we can. You can find us next episode for part one of our Scotch cast. Oh, it's going to be good, story yes. Story time with Arcade. Yes, next week we're doing story time with Arcade. Yeah. We're doing a Scotch cast. And it's a two part. You get to hear, yeah, our whole origin story yeah. of where we came from and how we came up. So if you're really into the business development stuff, then maybe that one will be boring. Yeah. But if you want to know more about how we got to do this crazy thing that we do, right. Well, that's and you for find you. out that we've been doing it since we were little kids. It's true. Right. Consulting true. folks and helping people on how they could they could create a better widget. It's true. Yeah. You can find us on LinkedIn on not Twitter because we don't post there. Uh, yes, we do. <laughs> just mostly just podcast episodes. Dribble. But but you know what? I've been starting to post more on LinkedIn, so maybe I'll start posting more. On yeah, Twitter you've been going too. crazy. I've been going I mean, crazy. You're not keeping up with uh, Wendy Novak. No, she's a superstar. I'm not going to keep up with her, but right. I'm still doing better though. What else? We out of here? I think we're out of here. Okay. Other than we need some outtakes. Till next week. Yeah, watch for it. So, if Sun Tzu were alive today, Mm -hmm. what job do you think he'd have? Ooh. Do you think he'd be like a tech CEO? Oh, no. I think he he has uh, too many... Too much integrity for that. Too much integrity. (laughs) Too much integrity for that. To be an IT CEO. That's fair. All right. So, what would he do then? Uh, I don't know. I feel like he might be working in a permitting office. No way. (laughs) No way. No way, because he's like all about like taking care of your people and stuff. You know? would, how, how do you think he, he said would... you have to love every soldier as if yeah. they were your own beloved son? It's true. So how how do you think he'd wear his hair? 
Sunzu. I mean, because I feel like he probably I could just wore... only ever see him with like a top knot, you know? Yeah, but like that was the the, the method of the era, right? That was the style of the but era. But like, it's like there's still man buns, you know? Oh yeah, but I don't know that <laughs> I don't know that Sunzu would wear a man bun. We still haven't figured out what his job is. It's, well, I don't know. What do you think Sunzu's favorite ice cream would be? Pralines and victory. Pralines and victory. <laughs> like victory. No, like birthday cake. He loves birthday cake ice cream. <laughs> well, you're gonna say like victory ribbon or something. He likes birthday cake ice cream with the sprinkles in it. Yeah. That's, I could see that. Or so. it'd be none. His favorite ice cream. ice cream is none. He only eats uh, ice milk. He soy ice cream. Yeah. He's vegan. He's trying to watch his figure. <laughs> oh wait. Maybe he's a physical trainer, right? Like you go personal down to the trainer? gym. Yeah, personal he's a personal trainer. trainer. Yeah. You go down to the gym and like Sunzu is there and he's like, come on, I know you got this. You can do it. I'm going to mix you up a smoothie. Yeah. And then he's like, don't give in to defeat. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think that'd be pretty good. I think that'd be pretty good. Yeah, I, I think I'd work out with him. Oh, I would definitely work out with yeah, Sunzu. Go for it. For sure. He could go and he'd like tell you how to climb like the rock wall and stuff. Yeah, like one-handed. Yeah, and then and then he'd be like, "Let me show you, bro." And Don't let adversity hold you back. Yeah, right. He'd be like, "You must plan your perfect defense on the rock wall. Let's go." <laughs> but there's some. Oh, how does he wear his hair? Well, if he's a personal trainer, then he's got like a '80s style sweatband Ooh. on, right? And like maybe it's kind of spiky. You All think? Right. Like short and spiky, and he's got on like some like the cross trainers, spandex like nice workout pants and some like fluorescent green workout shoes. Yeah, I think he carries like scrolls of paper with him. Maybe or like for an what? iPad. Yeah, he's got an iPad, <laughs> iPad for sure. Do you want to sign up? We've got hot membership deals. And then he has a newsletter for everyone who like personal trains with him, where he sends them like five tips about like. How to get victory in your fitness. That's <laughs> what it is. That's enough and too much. All right. That's enough and too much. That's enough and too much. Run. <laughs>